Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Wherever you are. Yeah, I came in the office this morning. You guys were singing Christmas carols. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Bing Crosby. I, David just surprised me. i got to be honest. I wasn't expecting Bing when I came in this morning. Who was the lead actor in yeah. that movie? Oh, George Raft. George oh, Would have never gotten it. No, no it's George I Raft. I wasn't going to get that. No. We were doing a little Christmas trivia. Was... I stumped Bill, and then Bill stumped me many, many times. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. more old movies than most people think I would. But so not yeah. like Bill. No, not. No, I no, hey, you I didn't don't. get to go to them for hours at a time when no. you were a kid while your parents played cards. I mean, yeah. we saw a lot and of Bill movies. Bill has skipped all the movies yeah. of the last 30 years. Oh, so. yeah. I've seen three. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Let me tell you, <laughs> here's something I didn't know. We've been doing these podcasts with Bill, and we're just we're just frittering them away for later because we're going to do this this whole series on Bill's life. Bill, when he would come home and his parents were playing cards, the layer of smoke would be so thick. That as a as a young boy, he didn't realize because the the smoke stayed up. But you knew you were growing when your head got into the cloud of smoke and that you was had around. To bend him. down to look at everybody. Yeah, that was the, the way we measured. So Merry Christmas, <laughs> yeah. everyone! I mean, can See? you imagine? But you guys would go through the neighborhoods and get cigarette butts to create cigarettes oh, for yeah, your parents. For parents, can you yeah. imagine my parents well, smoking uh, those? The nicotine had come through to that point. We would tear them open and put them just in a cigarette-making machine. Oh. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. It's the 40s in Wisconsin again. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Bill's stories. Oh. You know, we, speaking of family of origin, we're still on this uh, Cure and Parents podcast. Nice uh, segue. Podcast. Nice Here segue. Way to go, David. And Christmas is coming up. So we, we have a little portion we wanted to read. And just to kind of give, what is what is the opposite of the kind of freedom that you want? What is the opposite of the kind of family life that we want? And not just for your kids, but also for us. Because as parents or as grandparents or whoever we are, we want freedom. Not just what we can give to others, but we want to be able to. So on page 14, um, there's just this little portion we wanted to read to you. And it just talks about sin management. And so many of us have been stuck in sin management most of our lives. So sin management is this misguided presumption that we're supposed to figure out how to master our own bad behavior or the behavior of others. And until we can, we are to fake it and give the appearance of maturity. That's all. I mean, that's, isn't that what it's when people, when family comes into town, isn't that it all gets highlighted? It all gets escalated. Yeah. Or, as we uh, grow up and begin to understand this miracle called God's grace, then what happens is the family actually becomes something you enjoy. Yeah, I, I'm, and you have great, great memories. I, I'm reading again from way back in the introduction. We have so much more to offer them. We get to give our kids the best of us, earning permission to influence them, mature them, know them, give guidance to them, protect them, love them, free them, and show them a magnificent God and an authentic life that will hold up for their entire lifetime. We get to authentically and vulnerably know them. They get to watch us trusting God. They watch us mature and heal and become freer. They experience us growing to trust them with our issues. They get to enjoy instead of maneuvering around the very ones who have loved them most. We get to leave an indelible relational mark they won't ever want to shake. Amen. So the thought, even now, this season affords us that sacred, unusual amount of time together where 
we can actually do a state of the union of asking, how are we doing on this? How, how, how is dad doing? How am I affecting you? Is there, are you watching me mature in the things that we've talked about? Um, are you sensing uh, this being lived out in our family? Um, so, so it's, it gets to start with us again. And that's a that's a beautiful, intentional, I think, way to see this season. Amen. I, you know, John, I was thinking of uh, as I was walking this morning. I was thinking of our doing this, and I I just had that joyful few minutes yeah. of memories of our children um, giving to each other at Christmas, and and Bill uh, was. Uh, Always so excited when he was a little boy, not for what he was getting, but for what he was giving. And he couldn't wait to give Wendy her present. Hmm. He couldn't wait to give Joy her present. And and just the delight in our family in hmm. those moments of giving and uh, watching them just light up. And uh, it was interesting because as I kept thinking about it, I was thinking about those memories at Christmas, and then I realized that those were just an expression of a relationship they already had, and and and, and a relationship that developed for years to come. Uh, when when uh, Bill was in college, somebody asked him, uh, "Who's your best friend?" He said, "My sister Wendy." Without batting an eye, I mean, it was just, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, when he came home from France and he had met Charlotte, what is Charlotte like? Well, she's kind of like Wendy. It was just, but Christmases were for him, in my eyes, that expression of the appreciation that he had for, for his sisters. And then a way new story. A couple of years ago, we were with the Joyce family for Christmas. And, we have a grandson named Quinn, and he has three siblings. And the three siblings decided to buy him a present for Christmas altogether. It was a video game that he really wanted. And so they were so a little sigh was maybe eight at the time. He was bouncing all over the room waiting for his brother to open this present. And the minute he opened it up, Sai yelled out, and it wasn't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know. Just so you know, it wasn't cheap. Oh man! And, and uh, just John, I just appreciate the reflection this morning that you're giving us, and that is, how do we take advantage of this time yeah. to celebrate the relationships we have in family? Wow! Mm. Wow! Yeah, I think there's much celebration to be able to occur during these these days because you they, they break the rhythm of normal yes, right. and they are celebration days and yet there are a lot of families Oof. that are just hurting Oof. coming into these days and so think what what if what would you say if you if you're talking to a family and and it is estranged in some way there is some alienation you, but you kind of are forced together because that's what you do at Christmas, what would you do to even talk about yeah. restoring a friendship or a trust uh, between parents, kids, between siblings? What do you, 
What, what insight do you have for them during this Christmas? Wow. One thing that, Bruce, I respond to is that I um, was kind of shocked a bit years ago when our ministry was developing at the number of people would tell me that for them Christmas was their worst holiday. Hmm. And I would just go, how, how can anything like this be here? And it was because of what you're saying. And uh, part of my response is that somebody in this family has got to be the vulnerable one. So, somebody has to be, I go first. And in the, uh, unless somebody in that family goes first and says, I'm willing to take the risk of being hurt again in order to give me a chance to love you, uh, nobody will ever change. And, and they'll just set their boundaries and they'll manage each other's lives like David just read to us this morning. So my encouragement is, uh, who is that? Uh, recently, a, a gentleman in his 70s asked me to, to help him with his family. And he was the one who decided, I'll go first. And, there you and, go. And, and, yeah. and uh, we haven't had great progress, but two of the children have said, okay, I'll, I'll engage. So somebody has to go first. And, and that's really hard. It's really, really hard. You know, we wrote this book not just for people who are parenting three-year-olds. We wrote it for matriarchs and patriarchs of, of large families. Amen. And sometimes you're parenting not just your brood, but you're parenting many different families of origin because of all the marriages and all the right. friends. And sometimes you're in charge of a lot of people. And you don't even realize how much you're keeping it together. You're always being the one keeps keeps you in a place of people not being able to access you. <laughs> and so that fragility that is true, that is real. When you give that gift, especially as a matriarch or patriarch, it, it is unbelievable what can happen mm -hmm. to a family when, and, and it may not be right away. It may not even be tangible in what people say, but it changes the feel. It changes the dynamic. It changes the air. And it gives space. And so you never know from Christmas to New Year's Eve what could happen when you make a choice like that between, you know, those times. Amen. You know, I think we, in that kind of a family, we're always working around dancing around eggshells and, and uh, keeping our conversation smaller. Or how do we talk about the elections in a way that doesn't offend anybody? And instead, that beautiful— By the way, how do you do that? You don't. <laughs> Gosh, I'm learning that. Um, I, yeah, I'd figure that one out. But, but keep going. John. But the the ability to turn it around with something that we cherish, uh, with affirmation, of even if it's that right. tool that we use to start, even if it means that Uncle Floyd is over there on that chair, and I just talk to him alone and get to say, "Why well, I'm doing this," and tell him two things. Amen. That and or at the table to say it for everyone. And see if God reciprocates for another person to do it for us. But to just change, like you're saying, David, the playing field, the air in the room, you're still opening yourself up for hurt. You are. But there is that chance that, oh, I remember coming away from this evening and Christmas was not like that before. Mm -hmm. I heard something about myself that was a genuine love for me. That was real and of depth. Oh my, how much everybody needs it, but we're terrified of giving it. Yeah. So it would be a great thing for us to take initiative in that way. I think, Bruce, also that a lot of people don't realize that when the trust is broken, 
the love is not experienced. And so unless somebody is the first to say, I'm willing to take the risk of being trusted, and I'm willing to take the risk of trusting so that we, again, can experience love. Without it, it it's hopeless. I mean, I grew up in that family. Hmm. And and uh, my siblings, for years and years and years and years and years, had no relationships at all. I was in my late 50s, and my oldest brothers asked me, what is it you do? <laughs> they had no idea of anything to do with my life. Because trust had been broken 50 years earlier. Yes. And it had never been restored. And and so that that whole reality of, of how do we, coming back to what John said earlier, how do we intentionally this season with our dear family do what we need to do to experience trust? That's right. So we can express love. That, that would be the message that I would hope is true. It is a message of grace. Amen. Grace Absolutely. is often, it's free for us to receive, but it's costly for us to give. Amen. And we may need to uh, count the cost because that's the spirit of Jesus in this season. Mm-hmm. He counted the cost. Amen. He loved us, no matter what our behavior was, so that we could have this freedom yeah. and this joy, this celebration. Amen. Well, we, Amen. Won't, we won't be here next week for the podcast, but if you want to get a hold of this book and you, you want to get a hold of it in the moment without you know needing to get it shipped to you or, or whatever, then you still can get it uh, as an e-copy, uh, Kindle or uh, iBooks. Um, or David's house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want to come David's to reading Phoenix. it from 4 to 7. That's uh, right. On Christmas uh, set up a Christmas fire. Readings. And, uh, yes. Yeah. And uh, you can also get it as an audio book on Audible. But you should be able to, by next week, you should be able to order it off Amazon, I, I believe, and have it shipped to you in two days. But this season may bring to you a sense of we need some hope and i believe that this book is perfect for this season for just about anybody who's had a parent or has a family so uh we will wish you a merry christmas and a happy new year and we will see you in the new year thanks for joining us on on these every week it's really great it's really great see you next year